Chapter Twelve of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. The Valley of the Shadow of Death, age twenty four and twenty five. Mother was suffering when I reached her, as I had not dreamed of. After a consultation, doctors Gazam and Fonstock thought she could not live more than four weeks but Speer said she might linger three months. This blanched the cheek of each one. Three months of such unremitting pain, steadily on the increase, was appalling. But mother faced the prospect without a murmur, willing to bear by God's grace what he should inflict, and to wait his good time for deliverance. I was filled with self-reproach, for I should have been with her months before. In a few days my mother-in-law and one of her daughters came to see how long I proposed to stay, why I had left James with the goods, and when I would go and take charge of them. They had had a letter from him and he was in great trouble. She was gentle and grave, inquired minutely about our nursing, but thought it expensive, dwelt at length on the folly of spending time and money in caring for the sick when recovery was impossible. Mother could not see them, and they were offended, for they proposed helping to take care of her, that I might return to my duty. Sometime after the visit of my mother-in-law, her son-in-law, who was a class leader and a man of prominence in the community, came with solemn aspect, took my hand, sighed, and said, I heard you had left James with the goods. Here he sighed again, wagged his head, and added, But I couldn't believe it and without another word turned and walked away. They chose to regard mother's illness as a personal grievance. The way of the transgressor is hard, and she, having sinned against the saints, must bear her iniquity and thus suffer the just reward of her deeds. I had frequent letters from my husband, and he was waiting on the wharf, watching every boat for my appearance. I told him before leaving Louisville that I never would return never again would try to live in a slave state, and advised him to sell the goods at auction, and with the money start a sawmill up the Allegheny River, and I would go to him. This advice he resented. At length he grew tired waiting and came for me. It is neither necessary nor possible here to describe the trouble which ensued, but I would not nor did not leave my mother, and she at last remembered the protection to which she was entitled by the city government. With all mother's courage, her moans were heartbreaking. No opiate then known could bring one half hour of any sleep in which they ceased, and in her waking hours the burden of her woe found vent in a low refrain, My father, is it not enough? Our principal care was to guard her from noise. The click of a knife or spoon on a plate or cup in the adjoining room sent a thrill of pain to her nerve centers. Only two friends were gentle enough to aid Elizabeth and me in nursing her, as she murmured constantly, if my husband were only here. She could bear no voice in reading save Gabriel Adams and my own. I read to her comforting passages of scripture and said prayers which carried her soul up to the throne, and fell back on mine in showers of dust and ashes. A great black atheism had fallen on me. There was no justice on earth, no mercy in heaven. Her house was in Pittsburgh on 6th Street, a little cottage built for her father and mother when they were alone. 
it stood back in a yard and rough men in passing stepped lightly children went elsewhere with their sports friends tapped on the gate and we went out to answer inquiries and receive supplies prayers were offered for her in churches societies and families the house was a shrine consecrated by suffering and sorrow the third month passed and still she lingered for seven weeks she took no nourishment but half a cup of milk two parts water per day then her appetite returned and her agony increased but still with no lament save my father is it not enough in the sixth month january seventeenth eighteen forty relief came as i knelt for her last words she said elizabeth i replied she is here dear mother what of her summoning strength she said let no one separate you then looked up and said it is enough and breathed no more as her spirit rose it broke the cloud and the divine presence fell upon me the room the world was full of peace she had been caught up out of the storm and he who endureth unto the end shall be saved by her request i and a dear friend martha campbell prepared her body for burial and we wrapped her in a linen winding-sheet as the body of christ was buried no flowers no decorations only stern solemn death on the last day of father's life he had said to her mary you are human and must have faults but whatever they are i never have seen them she had been his widow seventeen years and by her desire we opened his grave and laid her body to mingle its dust with his who had been her only love in the life that now is and with whom she expected to spend an eternity End of chapter twelve